The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sometimes it takes a different approach. To help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You're listening to TNT, The Monday Night Wars, podcast number one. To follow along, watch the September 4th, 1995 edition of WCW Nitro on the WWE Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to TNT, The Monday Night Wars. I'm your host, Trevor The Stain Shelby, and joining me for this historical, inaugural episode is my co-host, Thomas the Tom Kennedy. Throughout this podcast, we will be exploring every moment of the Monday Night Wars and see if this era was truly better than what we have now. Each and every week, we will declare a weekly winner and finally see who really won the Monday Night Wars. And we hope you join us because this is where the big boys play and we're going to have one hell of a time. Thomas, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. This is the Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. The uh, We started out with the first ever uh, WCW Monday Night Nitro. They wisely chose to do their episode while they WWE Raw was away for a dog show, apparently. Yeah, and that dog show was pretty good. Yeah, well... Did you watch it? I, I did, and um, it's it's going to be tough. This week's going to be tough. So, I... Okay, so the first ever Monday Night Nitro started in the Mall of America. So, kind of humble beginnings in a gigantic mall. It was a very unique... Gigantic mall. The you, you, That's kind of an understatement. It's the biggest mall in America. Well, that being said um, i mean it's the size of a football stadium well, in the <laughs> area that they were in but it was it was big i don't know if it was quite a football stadium but it was quite big uh i think they're they had a couple thousand people in attendance from what i read not sure how how many actually you had people everywhere they had escalators in the background they had people that were like, it's casually the best watching. venue for cheap food yeah well i mean for crying out loud you don't eat eat, eat. You're not paying like six fifty for a beer and you know seven bucks for a, a small popcorn. You're spending well, maybe five bucks for some cheap Chinese food. Yeah, or you some, know some cheap pasta maybe from Sabaros. <laughs> yeah, or pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so the way the show really started out was we had Eric Bischoff. He was hosting with uh, Steve McMichael, and they had Bobby Heenan join them. The the I think their announced team. Is good if they just fired Steve. I mean, yeah, 
they're a little bit green. I mean, well, compared to to what WWE had going on in that time. Yeah, and and what the uh, dog show had going on. Um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the, the dog I, show announcers won. Yeah, time. yeah. So, so one of the things we're going to be doing is we are going to grade each part of the show. Maybe the commentary. We're going to grade all of the uh, matches. I would like to give them a one out of ten rating. Ten being the absolute best, best ever match ever, and one being a, a turd. Remember, WC Nitro is where the big boys play. It is where the big boys play, and you know, I, I, I expected the first episode to really kind of throw um, all the the big stars at us. And the first match of the night was Jushin Liger versus uh, Flying Brian, who is Brian Pillman, and at this time. Both of them are pretty much unknowns from what I remember. This is before Brian Pillman does his edgy character. And so we'll kind of get to see some of that, the beginnings in WCW and where I guess he gets fired. So so I guess, well, spoiler alert. (laughs) And then Justin Liger, he wrestles to this day. I mean, he announced, I guess he's 51 or 52 years old. And he announced just a few months ago that January of next year is going to be his retirement. So out of just about everybody that's on this show, he is one of the only people that is still wrestling on a regular basis. I'd really like to be able to retire at 50-something years old. Yeah, (laughs) I completely agree. So what do you think of, of that match? That match, I mean... It was by far the best match, I thought, um, because it actually showed off some, you know, high-flying maneuvers, and even though they were the, the undercard, I thought they brought it, yeah. you because, know? I mean, they did things, you know, like, they, they went out uh, out of the ring more than any of the, the other two matches. They landed their, their marks, and none of them were stiff, I mean, especially from a standpoint of the fact that one of the matches was for the WCW title. And they were stiff as a board. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this was kind of the the beginning of kind of the high flyer things that you you don't see that was in the WWE at the time. I, I can't really think of many matches that that really compared to this. There was a lot of stuff that I thought was a, I thought was a little not so fluid. But I think for a debut and being the first ever match on the show, they really showed that they're going to be different in that they're going to offer something different than what the the competition had been bringing. With so. as well as this match, or with the way that this match started and ended, and the fact that it was really good and really, really well choreographed, yeah, I would have thought that the other matches would have you know matched up to it. Since, yeah, you know, you're looking at a match between Sting and Ric Flair, and you know, uh, and Hogan and, and stuff like that, but. You know, I I don't know. I, you know, hopefully, you know, later on down the road that this matches what is mirrored. Yeah. Well, in you know, I, if if I were to give this a rating out of ten, I'd give this a solid five. I don't think it's the best match in the world. I don't think it was the worst match in the world. But it had a finish, which as we go on here, you'll kind of see that there weren't many. And I, I it wasn't a sloppy finish. It was it was fluid it was was nice clean finish yeah yeah i mean and okay so flying brian he picks up the win you know he celebrates and he shows the sportsmanship he he raises a liger's hand 
he celebrates with him. Yeah. One of the things I noted from during this match, the commentary was terrible. The Steve kept poking at Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan is a legendary talker. Uh, you can't out talk Bobby Heenan. And yeah. Steve, who ha- has this football background, he wants to be one of the boys, I guess. And he's kind of poking at Bobby. And at one point, talking about his his experience in the NFL, he had he had commented that Steve looked looked pretty comfortable at, at ringside, and that he he must be used to sitting in a chair. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, this is his his first time. I mean, I think I I, I believe if I went I went back and I believe this is his first time doing any type of commentary. You yeah, know, any type of sports. Other than that, he just played, and he played football. He didn't come from a wrestling background. He came from a football background. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's not the worst I've ever heard, but he's he's definitely bad. I do like what Steve said at the end. It was the most confusing. It was like a Ultimate Warrior moment. He said, if the fans didn't tune into this, they would have missed it. <laughs> it's like, really? Okay, well, there's just there it is. That that that's kind of obviously dumb. Yeah. So I uh I don't know. I I really hope that they get a little bit better with with their commentary team. Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan alone, I believe they're very good at what they're doing. Well, I, I mean, Eric Bischoff, you know, he's always had chops. You know, he's of course the the WWE or the WCW version of JR. You know, only not as animated. Yeah, if I if that's the right word uh, for it, because he. He's all about a lot of catchphrases. Yeah. Of course, JR only had one catchphrase. Well, two. Well, sort of. I, I think. I, mean, I think JR is a wordsmith in a lot of ways. He. Yeah. He can. I, he he says things that you know you're like oh he makes only, up words. only people from Oklahoma would say something yeah. like that and I'm from Oklahoma and I don't talk anything We're both like from him. Oklahoma you dumbass. Well yeah, but you know. So far, at this point, at this very moment, this match is the best match of the Monday Night Wars. So we're going to post that up. Um, No other matches have happened, so I believe they were showing poodles at this point over on the other show. Yeah, I don't don't really dig poodles. I don't really dig poodles. I think... uh, uh... During the next match, they were doing like cocker spaniels or something. Yeah, remember, but... yeah, and then you had the uh, the luchador uh, chihuahuas going at it. So yeah, yeah. So man, they were some high flyers. Yeah, you know, some high flyers, beams and stuff. So we give that match a five out of ten. Um, the next segment was the most interesting to me because I have so many questions and so many questions about pasta mania um Um, (laughs) yeah so that's right brother (laughs) pasta mania is going down how many times right here in the mall of america how many times did he say pasta mania in that promo and what we're talking about is hulk hogan with mean gene okerland and they're in a restaurant decorated with hulk hogan everywhere and it's called pasta mania and there's fans everywhere they're just going crazy apparently eating pasta and throw I, I imagine they're throwing meatballs in the background and then hogan, flying meatballs yeah and hogan, the flying elbow yeah and hogan's cutting this promo 
and he says pasta mania like 17 times and well he wants to he wants to get the restaurant's name out there yeah well and what better way than you know during the first nitro i guess in a way this could be a way for nitro to show that hey we we can market anything because I mean, we can market pasta, we can market whatever. But, I mean, Hogan's promo, I'd give it a C, C minus, just because the pasta mania made no sense. He said it so many times, he's like, it was like he was cramming that pasta down my throat. But if this was a restaurant that's, if it's legitimately owned by Hulk Hogan, which I tried to look up some information on it, I couldn't really find much, there is apparently still a pasta mania around, in Singapore, it is the largest fast food pasta chain, but it has nothing to do with Hulk Hogan. They just took the name. So it's, it's Thai noodles. Yeah, well, no, it's it's like it's real Italian food. I I, I went on. To, not only did I go on their their page, but I went to their menu and and I had browsed their menu, and uh, it was just all different types of uh, spaghettis and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Hogan looked. But, but Hogan let, looked let's great. get on the real subject. Let's get on the the real point of uh, of this. Why does he own an Italian restaurant? That's what I want to know. I mean, does is Hogan secretly like a pasta master? I is he? I mean, you would think that he would own a juice bar because he juiced so long. <laughs> well, Hogan looked great at this point. The yeah. uh, uh, promo was strange. That was some of the notes I took. Hogan looks great, but it was strange. That's how I put it. So, okay, the next match of the night is Ric Flair versus Sting. You would think that this is going to be a classic. Many times during the Monday Night Wars, uh, we would see this. And even before the Monday Night Wars, I believe it was in 1990, Sting finally won the WCW Championship by beating Ric Flair. And I think that was a, a pretty long bout, like 30, 45 minutes. This was not so long. It was a typical Ric Flair match. Uh, it's it's what yeah, it I was. Would, I mean, there was less low blows in it. Yeah. Than I, yeah. He'd give you a then, poke then I... in the eye and he would he escaped several times. That's that's classic Ric Flair. Roll out of the ring. Give himself a little breather. He did that quite and, a few and times. It, it, you know, coming from the fact that I didn't watch WCW until the other day, whenever we decided to do this, yeah, and we started watching this. I never knew that that Sting wore bright pink pants. Yeah, he you was a I mean? very colorful character back in the day. I believe he teamed with the. Ultimate I'm so Warrior. used to the crow look, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's that'll come later, but they, we're not there yet. Some yeah. of the notes I took, Sting looked great. Flair looked like Flair. Take that how as you will. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was technically an okay match. You know, it's not something that we're used to by either of them, though. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were pulling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were holding back. Because I've seen matches with, with those two separately. This is the first match I've ever seen them together. Yeah. And separately, I've seen them, them go to to hell and back bloody and just beat all the hell yeah you know this was not one of those i mean it's just no and i think a lot of it had to do with the time like they they weren't given enough time if they had 10 more minutes if they didn't do pasta mania this match could have could have been the best match of the night i think Um, yeah 
it it started out pretty pretty crazy i like i like the woo versus sting's woo or his scream whatever he does the uh the odd thing was was this is when lex luger walks out and stares at them and they stare back and uh, eric bischoff is screaming the whole point get the camera off him he's not supposed to be here get the camera off him so this is this is the debut moment for lex luger and i i and it, and it wasn't known that confused. he was jumping shit from wwe and from wwe at that point was it no it, it wasn't known and uh i remember i was listening to i believe it was the um it was either jim ross or mick Cornette. um one of them were talking about how they didn't know until uh uh, it was on air and they were watching uh, raw was off air and there was nothing else to do that day so they were watching the first ever wcw and there he is and it's kind of like an, I, so the higher an, ups oh shit didn't moment. know the high the higher ups didn't know that one of their biggest names had let their their contract lapse to sign with the wcw right and this is this is going to become as kind of a staple for the Monday Night Wars. In this beginning part, I mean, Ted's got a lot of money and he's he's willing to use it. It's kind of like what we're seeing today with AEW. Uh, who's going to yeah. try and jump ship? Well, I mean, this is the Monday Night Wars is what brought WWE to fruition to what we know today, and with the declining viewership. Cody Rhodes' AEW, that could pull in more viewership if they get their, you know, thumbs out their asses and actually listen to what the fans want instead of what they what the higher ups want. Yeah. And I I really feel like if it wasn't for WCW, and we'll see we'll see a lot of this. Eric Bischoff doesn't play fair. He he's he's a dirty player. He's gonna do a lot of underhanded things in these in these next few weeks. If it wasn't for him pushing the envelope and WWE having to meet him halfway, or at least or all the way, we wouldn't be like. I'm fairly certain there was there was only about six pay per views a year. You had the the main six. WCW started doing monthly pay per views, and then bam, WWE starts having WWE. monthly paper monthly pay per views. So, and this is when uh, this is a time frame where. You had the the really memorable matches in like WrestleMania and, and and Backlash and stuff, right? Right. For for some of these companies, you know, like this is this is one of the reasons why a lot of these other companies couldn't compete. This is why it had to be WCW and WWE to put on a pay per view. Back then, you needed a lot of money up front, and so if I remember right, I believe it's uh, it was up close to a million dollars to run your own well, I mean, that's, single that's pay-per-view. That's change compared to what, yeah. what they have nowadays. I mean, Yeah, but you got to imagine, you know, Mid-South Wrestling, you know, like any of these smaller people that, that would like to compete on this level, there's no, they, they had no chance. And, you know, I keep saying the WWE, is that is that where we're going to go? Is that, that how we're going to say it uh, through the podcast? I think we're going we're, we're gonna to say that because, you know, that... They don't like using WWF anymore, and now when people think of WWF, they think of that uh, animal rights organization. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to agree. 
WWE is just it rolls off the tongue for me and uh, yeah, it's been if, 15 years. I mean, yeah, that's it's been, been the WWE, so long. So. Even though at this time era that we're covering it, it's definitely the WWF. Yeah. Yeah, so the Sting and Ric Flair match, I would probably give this, I, I would say a four. Definitely not a five. It wasn't the worst match ever, but it had a very sloppy finish. I'd um, give it a four and a half. Yeah. Um, I think it needed a little bit more oomph to get to a five, but... Yeah, next thing I knew, Arn Anderson and Flair are fighting, and... Yeah, what's up with that? I mean... I don't know. There's definitely something that was going on storyline-wise before Nitro started. I mean, that's something we might want to look into, is, like, some of the backstories. Yeah, because... Before this, because, I mean, there's there's tons of backstory before this from their previous shows. Yeah. Well, Arn, who is most notably one of the four horsemen, he's he's out there, and he's him and Flair are just trading shots. Then, out of nowhere, and I this is how I put it: some guy comes out screaming about his contract, and he almost beats up Eric Bischoff. I didn't know who the guy was at first; I didn't recognize him. It was Scott Norton, who is going to be—he's a WCW staple. I mean, he. I think yeah. he stays through the whole darn show. I always liked his matches uh, when I was much younger. He gets, he starts screaming about uh, his contract for no Probably explanation. About TV time. Maybe TV time, but it, it made no sense. No sense. Of, and then so Steve McMichael gets up like he's going to do something about it. And Scott Norton looks like he could just destroy Steve. So the next thing you know, Macho Man is coming out because Macho Man was a I, we we were we we weren't sure if he was already with the WCW at this point. That that's his debut too, yeah, yeah. And so that was that was really cool. I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent if that was Macho Man's debut. I mean, I'm sure it's his debut on Nitro, but I don't know if it was his debut with WCW. That he might have been in it before, but we we weren't quite sure when we started this. Yeah, you were halfway through and you called me and it's like, it, and, and we were talking about that, and I, I I didn't know until I started watching it, and I was like, oh, that answers our question. So so Macho Man uh, wants to beat up Scott Norton. That he wants to fight. That you know he's like, you want to fight, brother? Let's fight. You know, and so everybody's holding them back and. Uh, Eric Bischoff is like, we're not doing it this way, you know, so that gets announced as a match for next week, which is smart because interesting because WCW at this point is the only one on the air on this Monday night. They're the only wrestling on for this night. So if, you know, they throw these big matches together, I mean, I don't want to watch WWE if I know Macho Man's going to be fighting Scott Norton. Or Hulk Hogan's going to be fighting someone else. I mean, if I know these big names are going to be over there, I might be like, well, you know. Well, yeah, but you know that WWE uh, announced who was wrestling the night before, you know, next week on the last show that they had, even though it was preempted by the dog show, which I, uh, the promo for this lost to the dog show again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, this part, which I guess if you call it a promo, it was terrible. It made no sense. I was they never even said Scott Norton's name once during this. So, as somebody that would be new to this show, 
Uh, I had no clue who Scott Norton was. I knew who Macho Man was. I knew Macho Man wanted to fight him, but I didn't know who the hell he was until later on the episode. They were like, hey, it's Scott Norton. <laughs> so, um, and then when that, they, I heard that name, I was like, ah, oh, I should have known. So, yeah, I big thumbs down for that that part of the episode. No one... What I noticed is no one on the uh, on this episode utilized the mic as well. Uh, you know, and, and I know it gets better, but yeah. Yeah. After that, they had a uh, a nice little segment that showed for next week they were going to have the debut debut of Sabu. What I remember of Sabu is I fondly remember his time in WCW, so I was kind of excited to see that he's a ECW original. I wasn't. I've never actually watched a lot of ECW, so I I only knew well, I him mean, from I, WCW. I knew him from during the crossovers whenever WWE, uh, WCW, ECW merged right. happened. I remember him coming over to that, and his matches were great. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely insane. So that 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 sounds pretty good. Then the next one was kind of an odd segment, but. It was probably the best segment of the night, the little promo with Mr. Wall Street. Yeah. He he was odd, you know, introducing himself. He uh, he had talked about, this is where the big boys play. He said, like, Hogan, Sting, Vader. And then he said, the you know, lots of money's changing hands or something to that effect. And he's Mr. Wall Street. And the IRS will be watching and I took a note saying, is he IRS? And yeah, sure enough, he's IRS. From the WWE, he was the character IRS, who, interesting enough, is the father of Bray Wyatt. So that's, And Bo Dallas. And Bo Dallas, yeah. Can't forget Bo. I believe. Two opposite ends of the spectrum on the, the wrestling platforms, but they're brothers nonetheless. Yeah. And, and, and no one knows their brothers. Yeah. So that brings us to the WCW championship match. Yeah, the main event, which the whole night they had been talking about, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Bubba, Big Bubba, Hulk Hogan versus Bubba. And I was really confused on who the heck Bubba is. And, and then he comes out and it's Big Boss it's Man. It's Big Boss Man. And then I, it made sense why they call him Big Bubba because. <laughs> you only know him as a big boss man so yeah so big bubba man un unmistakable who he is hulk hogan i wrote again looks great he looks great in the ring at this point in his career i mean he's been wrestling for quite a while and he looks magnificent and he'd been with the wcw for like three or four years at this point right well we'll have to look at that i I'm not 100% on how long Hulk Hogan had been with WCW at this point. But he was bald for like six years before that. Yeah, he was very bald at this point. So Big Bubba was definitely big. He He's a big guy. and He's a big guy and very stiff in this match. Yeah, he's very stiff. And he, he, I don't know if it was just... I don't know if Hogan... I don't know who was carrying this match. I honestly don't. Hogan was Hogan. So, I mean, this was a very Hogan match, and Hogan would try, it seems like he was trying to, like, raise the pace and kind of move a little quicker, 
and Bubba was bringing him down. I that's that was my take on it. What was your take? I I think that and I think they went in this cold, no rehearsing, no nothing, because some of the some of the things were kind of ridiculous. Like there was a there was a part in the match where Hogan struck him and Bubba was out on his feet and he just you know Hogan just pushes him over. Yeah, really. I mean, I saw and that. Then the, yeah, he clotheslined him into the turnbuckle and he bounced twice. <laughs> I, I I I think it was unrehearsed or or something, and you know. I... I, I think they were expecting a double clothesline into the turnbuckle or something, but it it, it it just looked unrehearsed and yeah. Well, and I it, when he pushed him over and he acted all stunned, it it reminded me of you know Ric Flair's flop where he he acts dazed and he just kind of flops over, which he actually kind of did yeah. in this episode. He didn't do it well, but I don't know if he was trying to pull that off or if it was just a bad spot. I don't know. I really. I don't know. And then there's only so many times I can get excited for Hogan taking somebody in the corner and just like punching him 10 times or slamming his head in the yeah. turnbuckle 10 times. He did that. I don't know how many times during this match. Well, I mean, in interviews, you know, since his semi retirement, uh, you know, he's talked about how he's, he held the title more than he should because he had very limited wrestling abilities. I mean, what did he have? He had the elbow and the leg drop. Yeah, well, and that's exactly how this match ended, was with the leg drop. Hogan got the win, he yeah. retained his title, the tyrant Bubba was um, vanquished, the, I don't know, I really feel like the match was was kind of sloppy. It, the, and... the camera placement sucked, because you could see where, you know, how Hogan wasn't making contact Yeah, in a lot of those shots, you know, whereas... And then they they realized that, and then they moved. They changed cameras. Yeah, and you know, and no, uh, you know. Well, and so. I I feel like I really feel like I think WCW did what the best that they could with what they had at the moment. They're in a mall, so you got to get them a little bit on the camera angles. But yeah, I I I think WWE has perfected the camera angle very well. I think that they've got that kind of down to a science. I think they do it to a fault. I think that it gets stale. So it's nice yeah. to see WCW being being almost completely different from the WWE at this point. One of my biggest gripes for Raw and SmackDown and any other show that they do is they have the same camera angles. They have almost the same sets. They have very little turnover and you know how they they don't do anything different and i guess that's to save money but you're looking well, at a it's, company it's that's a, worth tons of money it's a it's a formula though that it's a it's a it's a formula that's worked for decades you know it's kind of like the movie industry now you know and, and book writing industry you have a first act a second act and third act and they're all the same you know, right. the the hero the, the hero starts, the the villain starts, uh, you know, going at it, and then you have the conclusion, which could go either way. But it's a formula, and they, you know, and over decades of, of doing this, they they've come to find out that this is what works. Yeah, but it's it's also nice to see something different. You know, there's there. I think in this instance, there's more than one way to do it. And I think that I think they should go back to to the static camera from back in the day. 
Yeah. You know, from whenever they were filming in Madison Square Garden, and they only had one camera. Yeah. The the kind of pulled back over, the, kind of high up for the ring. Yeah. Uh, almost as if you're watching from the stadium. Yeah, exactly. That yes. that that's actually not a bad bad kind of uh, angle, really. But I I do appreciate the camera angles, but. Uh, this is also the time that we're going to see kind of the ridiculousness, like someone gets attacked backstage, and there just so happened to be a cameraman there who caught it all. Yeah, exactly. So and then this leads up to probably the best promo of the evening. Well, well, before before we go there, oh, I, I've got to yeah, I've got to give this match a rating. I'm going probably three out of ten. It was it was uh, that bad. I'm going to. It was really bad. Yeah. I I respect both of those people so much that they should have done better. And we know what they can do. Yeah. You know, the, Hogan's been around, had been around for 15 years beforehand. Yeah. And then after the match, the Dungeon of Doom attacks. Um, yes. They, they, they come out. This is, this is very Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff loves to have matches end where someone's running in to attack. So, and Kamala's in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kamala. I was a huge Kamala fan. Yeah, I love that. Know, was, you know, back whenever he was on, you know, Mid South. I mean, I, I, he was one of the matches I, I would, you know, strictly watch. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, now he doesn't have any legs, so he can't come back and wrestle. He, came and come back and make promos like all hey, the other Hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. AEW has a legless wrestler. Yes, he, they do. <laughs> and that was freaky looking. That was so weird. Um I I am a fan of AEW. I want them to succeed. I think they need to not hire legless wrestlers. I I I think they have a lot of potential cuz you know Whenever you came back and you know after the first pay per view and told me to at least watch the highlight reel and sent me that YouTube video, you know I watched that and several others and I was like, man, someone's gonna get hurt, but it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And and so Dungeon of Doom uh, rushes the ring. I don't know who the Dungeon of Doom are. For both of us, this is this is pretty much our first times watching this, so it's kind of exciting. So they come out. Um, I have a clue who they yeah, are. Yeah, you were like two when this came out. <laughs> I wish. No, I I was... Uh, at this point, I, I watched a lot of Monday Night Raw, and I probably didn't pay any attention to WCW at this point. I probably saw the dog show was going to be on, and I was really mad, and I probably went outside to play with my friends. I was a little kid. So... Well, for me, I didn't get back into watching wrestling after being, you know, I was 10, years, 10, 12 years old when I stopped watching wrestling. Then I started watching wrestling in college again back in 96, 97. Yeah. Right, in the, right smack dab in the middle of it. And then towards the end of the Monday Night Wars, towards the time that the merger happened. Right, right. And that was uh, The merger was 2001. Okay, well, I started watching way before then. Way before then. Well, okay, yeah. so... So we have the Dungeon of Doom attacking Hogan, and then out comes Luger. He uh, he he comes out. He's he's knocking people out of the ring. Hogan's knocking people out of the ring, and then they do the whole. They bump into each other, and they do a face off. The uh, and I thought that Macho Man was going to get involved more than he was. Yeah, I thought so too. They were kind of 
kind of hold them back. Sting was holding Luger back because they're they're kind of buddies, from what I remember. And then you know Macho Man and H- Hogan, they've been pals forever. So you've got Macho Man holding him back, and <laughs> Hogan yells at Luger. He goes, "Go back where you came from," and I thought that was great, considering he came from the same place. Yeah. Luger uh, says he's got plans and he's here to take the belt because he wanted to. He's, you know, he had the same pedigree, the same everything. He beat the same people, and, he, and the only person he hadn't beat was Hogan. Yeah, and he said, uh, "I'm here to play with the big boys" or something like that. And I was like, "Ah, oh, they jammed that down his throat." That way, he is, he would say it. But Hogan's great on the mic at this point. I think both of them were okay. I'd Luger's eh. Luger's learning, I think, at this point. Uh, Hogan is just a showman. I mean, he's he's great. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he'd been in four or five movies. Yeah. Including Rocky and uh, you know, No Holds Bar, which was, you know, by far the worst movie ever made. <laughs> so Hogan's Hogan announces he's going to put the title on the line on the next Nitro, which sets up a pretty decent first wcw versus wwe night this the the this was kind of the the pre-show in a way and next week is where it's all at so they set up a really good match like we got a good hulk hogan match or well an okay one and then next week we're looking at these two you know people that you recognize two two big guys that are going to go head to head next week which i am ecstatic about i think that's going to be a great match it, it, it i'm you know if they you know raise the bar a little bit that this would have been a whole lot better but you know next week them actually going up against raw i think i think they have something to shoot for yeah i think that the best nut match of the night was uh, Brian Pillman and Justin Liger. I think that I agree. I think they brought it. They knew how much time they had. They it was an entertaining match. I had no clue who was going to win. Liger is a pretty good staple in WCW for a while. I'm pretty sure he wins at least one championship at some point. I believe he shows up or he he had been with the WWE at some point. But, you know, he spends most of his time in Japan. The ups and downs for this, I think the the major ups was that match. I think they had the star power. And I think WCW was, really showed it. And they, they were kind of showing, hey, we've got, you know, the guys you like, they're here. Showing Hogan, Macho, and uh, IRS, and or Mr. Uh, Wall Street. Yeah, and they also, you know, they they've got these guys that they can kind of have them uh, come up and you know become their own stars, kind of like Liger and uh, Brian. Yeah, I mean, the you know, in the, in the coming weeks, they're going to get a lot, a lot of of talent coming through from people jumping ship and people that are in the indie circuit that you know no one's ever heard of that's going to come through and just blow each other away i I believe right so i think at this point with the uh dog show they had the labradoodles out and i think the labradoodle might have actually won this part it was a kind of a gray labradoodle and yeah it it hiked its leg up that army crawl well yeah it did the army crawl but then it hiked its leg up like it was going to pee on the uh the announce table and then it didn't and so showed much restraint there so, you know, a lot more restraint than we've seen elsewhere. What do you think? Okay, so 
we have to announce a winner for this inaugural episode. I'm going to declare the winner between WCW and the dog show. I'm going to declare WCW the winner. They had the best, by far the best I, wrestling. I'm going to say the dog show. <laughs> I, I knew you know, were going to do this. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I, I just got to say, it's the dog show. I mean, oh. how can you not like Labradoodles? Oh, <laughs> uh, well officially i think we're gonna we're gonna chalk this one up to wcw uh wwe didn't stand a chance i knew you were gonna do that too. <laughs> yeah i know uh wwe didn't stand a chance since they weren't on the air i think the the dog show will take a uh, inaugural point for because we're gonna see this we're gonna see this more in the future raw gets preemptive by i believe uh the dog show every year and they also get the uh, tennis match took them over a few times i remember that was yeah. that was the bane of my childhood it was trying to watch raw and i see a dog on the screen i'm like no so i yeah and the fact that for a couple for a few years that they're you know pre they're all pre-recorded until yeah they get pissed off and well because of what eric bischoff does yeah as i say we're gonna see we're gonna see why they make those changes here soon one of the things that we wanted to do was kind of fun for this series is we're going to create a drinking game. Uh, the rules are going to be, are going to evolve over time. So at this point of the era, we are going to make the, the, the wrestling drinking game. And the first rule is you take a drink when anyone says, this is where the big boys play. Because... And... You're going to, just from this episode, you're going to be drunk. <laughs> yeah, just you, you, you may be in the hospital. Eric Bischoff, I think that's kind of his catchphrase uh, for the show. He wants to get that, get everything over with WCW. He wants to make sure that, that they're different from the WWE. And he wants to make it seem like our wrestlers are way better than their wrestlers. What would you, what would you call this era of WCW? WWE had the attitude era which i we haven't seen a raw yet so we're not quite sure if they're in the attitude era just yet at this point in 1995 at the end of 95 what would you call wcw's era at this point uh you know like i told you you know in our in our call earlier today i would say this is beginning era the beginning era and that'll probably and that'll probably change in a couple weeks when they come in the kick-ass era yeah i i would almost call this the classic era i think this has uh this is a lot of kind of classic wrestling to me the show was it 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 was what it it was what it was and the the matches were, were very classic to me except for the the, the 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 first match was was I think edgy for its time, which is which is great. I'm saying beginning because this is the point where WCW is finally getting a foothold uh, on TV. Yeah, you know they're 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 actually becoming a name. Yeah, maybe kind of because, figuring out who they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well they're the big boys. If if you didn't know, that's and, where they and play. That's where the big boys play. Yeah, yeah that's where they play. So okay, so. We kind of, we kind of touched on this a little bit already. This is this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this, and 
And it, it it really comes down to my childhood was consisted every Monday night. I would get on the phone with one of my best friends at the time and he would watch the WWE and I would watch WCW and we would tell each other what was happening because there was no other way for us to actually watch both shows at the same time. And so we thought, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do something really cool. So for like, I think it started out being like an hour or about an hour or two hours. We'd be on the phone. You do realize that they had this thing called a VCR back then. Yeah, right? but okay. So I didn't have that childhood where I had like all the cool VCRs that could record on other channels. So I was not that, that savvy or whatever. So this is what we did though. This is every single Monday night we would do this. And, uh, so that way, whenever something amazing happened, we would jump over and watch, you know, I would watch whatever's happening on Raw. What did Stone Cold just do? Or uh, he would jump over and be like, oh, my God, Raven is attacking DDP or whatever. So that was my that was my childhood. And so I've never actually consistently watched both shows. And so there's going to be a ton that I learned from here from from doing this, and uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. Uh, what was your kind of uh, childhood with it, or your your memories of the Monday Night Wars? Well, you know, Monday Night Wars. I was in college. You know, I'm you know I, I'm a couple years older than you, so I wasn't in high school. I was I was in college whenever this started, and like I said, I didn't get back into watching wrestling until I. Uh, you know, ninety-seven, ninety-eight-ish. You know, and my my roommate, he would watch WWE Monday Night Raw, uh, uh, SmackDown. You know, Sunday night, uh, uh, Sunday. What was Sunday night? Heat, yeah, Sunday night. Heat. Or, yeah, we, he would watch all of those, and I just get into it. And actually, when I was in college, I actually went to my first actual wrestling event. You know, it was a taping of SmackDown and Sunday Night Heat, and there was another show that they were recording too it was three shows that they were filming right and you know that's when i became a an actual true wrestling fan because you know i got to see stone cold i got to see you know the hardys i got to see the the dudleys you know it was just and even though i was in the nosebleed of the cock center i was just like this is amazing i mean it wasn't it wasn't the cock center it was the yeah it was the yeah it was the cock yeah, center across um yeah yeah, the it was before it was before. The, it, I the, think it was called the, the Myriad, wasn't it? The Myriad Garden. Yeah, it was the Myriad back. Then. Yeah, back then. Yeah, um, it was back before the you know the basketball team came and we had the Ford Center. Then they changed the name to that. Yeah, and, you know it's been through several name changes. Now I think it's. Uh, I think that's yeah. with a lot of stadiums too. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got a basketball team that's decided to trade everybody. So. Yeah. Now now we got a, a basketball team who went, went from really good to good. To we have no named players except for CP3. <laughs> well, and actually, they traded CP3 yeah. to the Heat. Well, it is what it is, and what this is is the end of our show. Thank you, Tom, for uh, agreeing to painstakingly watch all these episodes with me. We're going to continue this every Monday night. Uh, you could actually watch our show or listen to our show. I mean. At, any of your favorite uh, podcast locations that it's available. I, I, and you're going to be doing a show based off of this, right? 
YouTube show? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be kind of a clip show. Going to have a a little bit of a highlights from this and kind of going over what happened on the show and kind of giving our final score on what we think uh, who won. So, all right. So th- I really enjoyed doing this, you know. I'm looking forward to this. this is going to I mean as we're doing it week to week, we're just going to take all seven years. Yeah, it's going to take take forever. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us and just remember that this is where the big boys play. And this is the Tom saying, it doesn't matter what you think, you're going to listen to this.